On the third day of October, Halloween gave to me three dead professors, two Michelle actresses, and a radu drooling something bloody. Hey there, folks. Welcome to the 31 Days of Halloween. Uh, this is edition three, uh, continuing our look at the subspecies films and the canonical films around it. There are a total of six of these, uh, to the best of my knowledge, although there's probably one hiding somewhere in the walls. They breed at night, uh, if you're not careful. And uh, so in the, in the previous two episodes, we talked about uh, uh, subspecies and Bloodstone uh, subspecies too, of course, and all of these are directed and written by Ted Nicolau. Uh, this is the third entry in the series, and maybe the most wheel spinning of the movies that I've seen so far. There are two movies that I either haven't seen or just don't remember seeing, and and then one other movie that's not directly part of the canon, but but stuff actually happens in that one. And that's not to say that nothing happens in Subspecies 3. I'm just saying not much happens in Subspecies 3. This feels like it ought to be the big slam bang ending of a trilogy. And then if you go on to do more movies, then, you know, you create a new trilogy. And maybe I'm just spoiled or or at least uh, 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 like uh, influenced by Star Wars and the way that they've done it. But generally, it's the the cycle of three. There is something narratively fulfilling about that. And there's, you know, three-story act structure and so forth. And I don't think that Subspecies 3 delivers on any of this. But uh, so here's the idea. When last we left our heroes, uh, Michelle and uh, Becky her sister and Mel the guy who worked at the embassy that uh, there is a burgeoning relationship with Becky with although they haven't acted on it in, in Bloodstone uh, neither of them were making any moves but there was a little bit of uh, electricity a little bit of chemistry a little bit of heat and in this movie that is pushed more to the fore and it's also one of the wasted opportunities but we'll get to that so Michelle it can't go with them when they leave the castle. Uh, at just like Subspecies 2, this picks up right where they, the last one left off. In fact, there's a little bit of last time on Subspecies where Becky is narrating, Hey, here's everything that happened. My sister got bit by a vampire. I went looking for her. Here's this guy, Mel. There was a professor that we liked and he got murdered. And also there was uh, D Detective Marin or Lieutenant Marin, who is the local Bucharest police. All these people are essentially out here trying to hunt for my sister, who, by the way, is a vampire. Uh, it turns out there's this mummy slash mother, and uh, she's a real pill, although not exactly a vampire. And they sort of talk about that more in this movie. And um, anyway, so they, they have a big showdown, and uh, Radu gets stabbed in the heart, and the mummy gets set on fire, and Michelle uh, just has to stay in the castle overnight. And Becky and, and uh, Mel are going to go uh, hang out in town and wait for sunset so that they can get Michelle out of there. And of course, at the end of uh, Subspecies 2, Mummy, the 
charred remains of mummy uh, pops up out of nowhere and grabs Michelle and yanks her back into uh, the castle. And uh, where we pick up is where that has happened um, because it is daytime. And one of the things that's inter interesting about this, although they play a little fast and loose with it, is that during daytime, a vampire is just sort of dead. That you can pick them up and smack them in the face and move them around and they're not going to wake up. Although there are a couple of points like uh, with uh, a, a bit where Radu and Michelle are watching the sunrise where, you know, th there's an idea that, well, maybe there's a little bit of leeway at dusk and dawn. You just have to be careful or something. Anyway, doesn't matter. So... Uh, the, the mummy grabs Michelle, drags her downstairs in the basement where she has also brought her son. She opens up a vein on Michelle to feed Radu to bring him back to life because, look, we've tried a number of ways to kill him, but just stabbing him in the chest just ain't going to do it. And that's how we tried it at the end of uh, Subspecies 2, and we knew that wasn't going to happen. Although, there's a pretty good double death at the end of this one that I am curious how they're going to uh, uh, work around, how Ted Nicolau is going to, uh, you know, try to convince me that Radu can come back from this one. And anyway, doesn't matter. So uh, Radu comes back to life. He is pissed at Michelle, but still it has the hots for her. And this is the movie where he says... I have sacrificed everything for you. Uh, we'll get to it a little bit later, but he ends up murdering everyone in his family. And he says he does it all for her, but let's face it, he killed his father before he ever knew there was a Michelle. So I feel like this is a little bit of pillow talk, even though it doesn't happen during pillow talk time. And uh, so Radio and Michelle and Mommy the Witch are all... Um, in the basement, there are, you know, and again, Mummy is like, Radu, will you please, for the love of God and all that's holy, kill this woman? She is ruining all of our plans. She is going to be the death of you. She's going to be the death of me. Knock it off. And uh, Radu is like, no, no, no. Uh, she is my fledgling. So <laughs> he is all in on Michelle. Uh, of course, they need to get away. So they do this thing. It's a really weird scene where we've seen them travel sort of by shadow, right? Like that's kind of Radu's gig is that he, you know, you see a shadow on the wall and then it moves and then bingo, bingo, Radu is somewhere else. Except this time, all three of them are doing it. Mummy, Radu, and Michelle. Michelle is screaming as though this is painful. Mummy and Radu are both chanting in this way that is really loud and, and it might be Latin, might be, you know, Romanian, who knows. But it's loud enough that it is just this horrible cacophony. Uh, smoke is going everywhere, lights are flashing, and then all of a sudden they are gone and off to some other place. Meanwhile, uh, Becky and Mel have brought the police. The police find the body of the professor who died in the last one. And they're exploring the place when uh, Michelle and Mummy and Radu take off. There's a big sparking, uh, smoke billowing kind of affair. 
and all of the uh, police run out. And Lieutenant Mary is like, oh, we better call the bomb squad. And Becky, who is apparently completely tuned into vampire happenings now, is like, bull to the shit. That is not what's going on here. It is Michelle and Radu and Mummy escaping because I could hear Michelle screaming. And so we've got to find them. And Marin, by the way, still not convinced there is such a thing as vampires. All of that happens. And then we get to the real wheel spinning of this movie where it's a lot of Radu trying to get Michelle to agree to be with him for eternity. Her wanting to just be destroyed. A couple of times in the movie, she asks him, like, just in this nightmare, I don't want to be a vampire. I hate this. Just destroy me. And Redu's counter-argument is, this is a human emotion that you're feeling. You're not a human being anymore. Although I'm saying this more succinctly and more elegantly, I think, than Redu ever says it in the movie. But he says, look, this is just the lingering effects of humanity. And once you get past this, you are going to find that life can be amazing because you have these incredible powers and you know, you, you just need to stop thinking like a human being. You need to start thinking like a vampire. And at one point she asks him what can kill a vampire. And you feel like, well, this is going to be the thing where he tells her there's this specific thing that vampires can absolutely not come back from. But he just says lots of things. Don't sweat it. And that's the end of the conversation. But eh, whatever. And they feed off each other a little bit here and there through the movie. Uh, he trains her a little bit about how to use her powers. But again, that never really comes into play at any point. Like he teaches her how to do the fast moving and, and using your shadows to kind of get from one place to another very quickly. But she doesn't use that in the climax or anything. But she can do it, apparently. And uh, the whole time, Becky and Mel and Lieutenant Marin are hunting for Michelle and trying to figure out who murdered um, the professor, even though Becky and Mel kind of know. And, and Mel's coming around to the whole idea of vampires at this point. Lieutenant Marin is still skeptical. And... Uh, you know, meanwhile, Michelle and Radu have murdered uh, a couple of people from town and are keeping a girl from town um, hostage to be fed upon. And so uh, let's just kind of skip to the end of this movie, I think, because in the middle, it's just a lot of like I said, we're, we're learning a little bit of lore, uh, but none of that really comes into play. Uh, and. Uh, Becky and Mel uh, sort of fall in love. And the one thing that's interesting is, so before I forget to talk about this, one of the most interesting things that happens in this movie is Mel and Becky are making out and they're getting hot and heavy. And then Becky has this flashback to being taken. And of course this all happened like a day or two ago. So it's reasonable for her to have a freak out thinking about Radu having her captive and, you know, the mummy uh, character running its withered hands over her body and so forth. And she just starts freaking out and is like, I can't do this. And that's really interesting if there was an arc to her character where she was trying to basically put this to rest, right? Like she needs to destroy Radu because 
knowing that he is out there, knowing that the thing that he did to her is still lingering in her memory, not just memory. I mean, again, this only happened a couple of days ago in the world of the film that to destroy him is to gain her power back. But that's not the kind of movie we're making. Uh, she ends up not really being a damsel in distress, but is not that kind of character, right? Like she's not front and center um, in at the end of this movie, really. Uh, they do get a CIA guy on board who doesn't last long, but he does get them into this castle uh, way up high where uh, our villains have retreated to lick their wounds and, you know, for Michelle to come around to being a vampire for realsies. And so Mel and this guy breach the castle. They get captured pretty quickly. Uh, well, actually, Mummy throws a knife at the CIA guy, stabs him in the skull. He's dead. And then Mel is trapped. And at a certain point, Radu is trying to get Michelle to feed on Mel, once again, sort of severing these ties with her humanity, even though she doesn't really know Mel. But he knows her, and <laughs> there's a great moment where he's like, Um, Miss Morgan, uh, how about you let me go? Your sister really wants to talk to you. And Michelle is like, I like, there is an interesting movie where her priorities and her life, are, or unlife, such as it is, has put her in such a different place that the idea of being reasoned with that way just no longer matters. That, you know, she is she has bigger fish to fry, so to speak. And the movie just doesn't really do anything with that. And th there are so many moments. That's the frustrating thing about uh, this movie, Bloodlust Subspecies 3. The, the thing that is frustrating about this film is that there are plenty of moments where something really interesting could be done with these characters and with this setting and the situation. And instead, Nicolau tends to go for the easy thing here, which is just, hey, we're going to make a comment about this and then just move on and not really make it part of the characters and not really make it part of the theme of the movie, which would make it interesting. And and that the again, the thing that's frustrating about that is those ideas are flirted with. It's not like they're completely absent from the movie. They're just way underbaked because, hey, we need to get to the next plot point or the next scene with Radu drooling blood and telling Michelle how he's done everything for her. It's like, we, we've seen that. You know, like, do something more interesting, especially with this Becky character that is such a, you know, paper-thin character to begin with. Having her have some sort of role to play in the story other than just being Michelle's sister. Michelle has interesting stuff to do. Like Michelle is easily the most interesting character in the films overall because she doesn't want to be a vampire, but she has these urges and sometimes they get the better of her and she feels terrible about that. And when she feeds, sometimes she'll try to throw up the blood that she's drinking. Like there, there's stuff like that that is interesting about the character and Redu is more pitiable in this, especially uh, because he ends up having to kill mommy um, who wants to destroy Michelle and he just kills her instead. Like, <laughs> like mommy is coming at Michelle with a knife. He grabs her and literally rips her arm off, then rips her head off. And while the, you know, decapitated head is giving him the business, he just throws the head into, into the fire and destroys her. And that's the point where he says, 
you know, I've killed every living family member for you, Fledgling. What will you do for me? And she's like, you know what? I will give you forgiveness. I will forgive you for what you did to me. And he says, there is no forgiveness for all the things I have done. And you're like, okay, well, this is an interesting turn for Radu. Oh, wait, now the CIA guy uh, or Mel is just going to pipe off and we're going to ruin a moment that could be actually interesting and illuminating about the character. Okay, fair enough. And so the the radio uh, blares on Mel's hip and it's Becky uh, talking to both Mel and also to Michelle saying, hey, I know you're there. Um, please let Mel go. Come with us. And at this point, Michelle says to Radu, I need to go talk to her. I will let her go. Um, you have to promise not to hurt her. And if you make that promise, then I will be devoted to you. And he ultimately lets her go. But then, of course, Michelle sort of crawdads Radu a little bit. And uh, it ends up with once more um, a, a situation where Radu is trying to get Michelle to destroy her sister. And this time around, there is a bullet uh, or there's a gun with a bunch of silver bullets in it. Apparently, that not only kills werewolves, it kills vampires. And so Michelle ends up getting that gun away from Becky and, and destroys uh, Radu, shoots him a bunch of times and kills him, shoots him in the head with a, a silver bullet. And that seems to, you know, murder him in this moment. And uh, so everyone's dead except for Mel, Becky, Michelle, who is, you know, undead. And a, a town girl that they've managed to save. And they're all running out of the castle. It Daylight is coming up and Michelle's freaking out. So they're having to wrap her up and they've got to get her uh, to safety or to a dark place so that she can uh, rest and not be burned alive. And then out comes Radu uh, looking for the bloodstone. Mel says, oh, well, you want the bloodstone? Go get it. And tosses it over the side of uh, the castle Radu goes after it and ends up catching fire because, you know, daylight is coming. And then he falls onto a tree. It's a real, like, Dracula has risen from the grave thing where it's daylight and he gets stabbed through the chest on a tree. And it's like, oh, double dead. And so he is literally burning alive, like, gooey stuff dripping off of his bones uh, as, as he dies. And they get... Michelle to the trunk of the car. They throw her in the trunk, close the lid so she is free from the sun. And Mel, Becky, and the town girl all take off. Uh, happy ending. Except, of course, we see that the the drippings from the burning Radu are creating these little red puddles, which turn into the little demon creatures. Perhaps the sus subspecies of the title? I don't know. Maybe. And... <laughs> Uh, as part of that, um, they grab the bloodstone and then it kind of flares red and that's the end of the movie, implying that they're going to bring Radu back some kind of way, although I don't know how, because he was a burning corpse and not just like the mummy burning corpse, like there is bone and just puddles and that is all that is left of Radu, but I am sure they will find some way to kind of re- constitute Radu for the sequel 
which I do not recall. I may have seen subspecies four, but that's not what I remember. Um, I I don't know that I've seen it. And there, like I said, we're building up to a fifth one that is going to happen, uh, or just happened this year. It's a 2023 film, which blows my mind. Right? Like they made a subspecies film this year, so that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this. Anyway, uh, more complaints about uh, Bloodlust subspecies three. Man, there. this is the most frustrating one of the lot. The others are, you know, they're very silly. They're very schlocky. That's fine. I'm totally fine with a schlocky vampire movie. I'm, I'm on board with it. This movie is frustrating because it starts to hint at deeper ideas about these characters, about, you know, the PTSD that Becky is suffering through, that Michelle is conflicted and just wants to be destroyed, that... Radu has uh, found some emotional awakening due to his relationship with Michelle. And again, I'm making this all sound better than it really is. These are things that are sort of touched on. It, it's like a, a butterfly landing on the movie, these ideas. And then and then it flits away before it can imp impact anything in the story, which is a bummer. Because there's just not enough story for the characters not to be explored a little bit more. Most of the story is, hey, where's Michelle? Oh, there she is. And now it's the same shit as the last movie where she's a vampire. She wants to die. Radu doesn't want her to die. He wants her to eat other people. Like, that's that's what we saw in Subspecies 2. We're just... The, the end of this and the end of uh, Subspecies 2 are too similar uh, to, to not do something else along the way that makes the ride worthwhile. That being said, I still sort of like things about this movie. I think this is the weakest of the three so far. I mean, obviously, it kind of goes one, two, three in in order of how much I would recommend them as of right now, even though Subspecies 2 is probably more fun than one, but one's a little more coherent. And uh, despite the the opening of it looking super cheap, that, that whole scene with Angus Grimm as King Vladislav is just awful. It's a bad scene. Uh, but everything else about it, I kind of like. And this movie uh, is just... It, it, it's just frustrating. It makes it makes me anxious watching it because I keep waiting for do, to do something interesting. And it never does. And that's a real bummer. Um, so, uh, for tomorrow's episode, we are, are detouring from Subspecies 3 into Vampire Journals which is also written and directed by Ted Nicolau. Um, the reason that we're going to touch on that film is because that movie has characters that bleed over, no pun intended, into subspecies four. So it's in the same universe. It's not a subspecies movie. Radu is not in it, but there is a lot of vampire business afoot, and we'll get into all of that um, tomorrow. So I hope you are enjoying your Halloween. I hope you're watching uh, lots of great movies. I hope you're decorating. I hope you're thinking about what your pumpkin's going to look like. All of that stuff. I hope you're having a blast. I know I am. Uh, I, I get to decorate my classroom for Halloween this year. And I'm just waiting for some testing and grading to get done so I can devote some time to that. But then I'm going to have all my Halloween decorations up and do a bulletin board and the whole deal. I'm so excited about all that stuff as well. Uh, you know, being a teacher is tough, but there's some, you know, dumb shit you can do along the way that really makes it uh, a good time. 
so I'm having a great time. I hope you are as well. I hope you're keeping it spooky. And in uh, the meantime, uh, you have yourselves a very happy October 3rd. I will see you bright and early on October 4th to talk about vampire journals. See you then. Oh.